welcome to episode 61 of the Self-Care 101 podcast, helping you to overcome self-doubt and create a life by design with purpose. With your host, Pooja McClymon. Thank you so much for listening today. I want to start this episode by thanking you all from the bottom of my heart for listening to this show. I've just passed the 10,000 downloads mark and I know that might not seem a lot, (laughs) but in just over a year, that's 10,000 listens of the show, which honestly for me, it's a pretty big deal. Now I started the podcast as a way to give back. Coaching can be seen as a bit of a luxury, so I wanted to create something that was a little bit different to what my competitors are putting out there, and also a way for you to get to know me. Now, the plus side from all the feedback I've received is that prospective clients have been using the show to decide that I'm the coach for them, and that those who aren't quite ready for the coaching relationship with me, they've been able to find some support through the shows, and I couldn't be more happy with that kind of feedback. That's incredible. Not at all what I expected. Now for me that's called winning and I am just so grateful to everyone who takes the time to listen, to review, to feedback to me and to share the show. Now life isn't always rosy and sometimes all the work that I put in to get my message heard can seem like it's in vain. (laughs) In those tough times I look to spirituality to help me get through. Now spirituality for me is not just about religion and certainly not about any one teaching. I believe in ancient wisdom, learning from those who have walked before us and in discovering your own path to spirituality. I've always believed in something more, something else to guide me. Now some might say that's intuition and that might well be true. Either way, on those really, really tough days, you know the ones, I look to other non-conventional teachings to help me get through and today I want to share with you the most powerful tool that I use that helps me get up and keep going every single time. So let's get to it. Which star sign are you? Yep, I'm talking about astrology today. Now, astrology is part of who I am. Now, the earliest reference that I can find states that Indians translated the ancient Greek version of astrology and developed it further along with the Chinese and the Mayans. Astrology has been in my life since I'm probably before I was born, but I'm going to get into that a little bit later. Now, traditionally, when a Hindu child is born, the parents have their whole life horoscope written up. Now, this is a pretty bizarre thing to do if you're not into astrology or understand these sorts of things. But stay with me because I have something to share that was quite mind blowing for me and it might be quite interesting for you too. So before a child's born, they get their whole life written up, or when the child is born even, they get their whole life story written up, right, according to the stars. And I had one. My parents kept it away from me. They just wouldn't let me read it. And it was always at times of adversity that I really wanted to read it. I wanted to know what was what was going to happen. Was my life always going to be like this? Was it going to change? Was I going to achieve what I was working towards? And they would just refuse to share it with me. Now, it wasn't until my breakdown that I pleaded for some answers and they did share it with me. Now, it needed translating because it was in Sanskrit. So I took it to an independent person because I couldn't trust my parents, not for any bad reason. They just wanted me to focus on the good that was in the translation, which I understand because if you read that you're going to die at 60, it's going to feel 
quite overwhelming and it you know obviously it could take you the the other way and start to stop living life essentially so I get where they were coming from but I I felt like I was strong enough to be able to read it without taking it verbatim so when I did get the translation it was a complete eye-opener it was a shocker and hear this, it was 100% accurate thus far in my life. So when did I read it? I was 34 when I read it, 40 now, absolutely accurate. And that was the moment that I knew I had to keep these teachings in my life and look to them whenever I couldn't find the answers. Now, when I was sort of on my healing journey from depression and I was in Mexico, It was the first thing that the shaman who was working with me said to me, he said, you've lost your spirituality. You've lost your connection to self. You've lost your connection to the earth and and anything else beyond you. And I was like, "Hmm, how am I going to do this? And you've probably heard it in another show, but when he said that to me, it did hit home and it was very true. And whilst I was there, I discovered some interesting teachings, which I'm going to share with you about Mayan astrology as well, which is just so exciting. Anyway, so these teachings in my life about the astrology was just something that blew my mind and I had to keep going. Now, Indians, they can be very serious about astrology serious. They will cite the best days for births, for marriages, for love matches, business openings, buying houses, literally any big thing that you're about to do. Indians will look to astrology to find the most auspicious time to do it. And I'm not going to lie, I have been one of them. Now, when I got married, which is a common one to look at dates that are auspicious, Probably marriage is the most sort of palatable one that even modern Indians will accept to do. And I, (laughs) oh, there's quite a story here. But basically, I got married three times and (laughs) to the same man within two years. Now, the first wedding was a shotgun wedding and it was in 2015. And then the second two were the year after in 2016. Now, We had picked a date for the wedding and we'd put a deposit down on the venue. And then when we spoke to the priest, he was like, oh, you can't get married then. And we're like, yeah, we're not getting that £5,000 back. (laughs) So how do we make this work? And he's like, look, the date that your wedding falls on is during a time where we celebrate the dead. So it's not really the best time to celebrate marriage. And we're like, "Okay, fine. And he said, but let's do it another weekend. And we did. So we found an auspicious date and it rained the entire day of the the first Hindu wedding that we had, the entire day. And my dad said to me, because I was like, why is it raining? Why does it have to rain today? Why isn't the sun out? And he said to me, rain is auspicious. When it rains, that's a good thing. And I was like, oh, okay, fine. I'll I'll just get over it. And I used to just accept things like that. You know, it was almost like a a way of comfort, you know, for something that you feel like despair over. And what was I worried about? Nothing. I wasn't going anywhere. You know, it was the tiniest wedding. Anyway, then when my son was born, I was... (sighs) He was supposed to be born in 2016, right? His due date was the 15th of February, 2016. But he was born early in December of 2015. 
Now, when I had read the my birth astrology, uh, my birth horoscope even, it said in there that the most auspicious time for me to get married would be 2014 and that my firstborn will be born in 2015. Now, in 2014, my now husband and I had broken up. So I was like, yeah, I don't know where this marriage is coming from, but it's not going to be happening. It's not going to be happening to him. And something that was really interesting in my birth horoscope is that it says that I will marry, I will marry later in life, and that the person that I marry will not be from my community. And it says there that it's okay that he's not from my community, meaning that he's not Indian, and that the wedding, the marriage itself, will be extremely successful, so long as I'm not too um, stubborn. <laughs> Literally says that. And so true. It's so true. But it did say that I would have a child and that the child would be a boy. My first child would be a boy and that he'd be born in 2015. And I was like, hmm, I'm currently broken up with the man that's supposed to be the man I'm going to marry. And we are not pregnant and I'm a little bit older. So you can't sort of say, oh, I'll definitely get pregnant in this year. You know, unfortunately, our bodies don't work like that. Right. So I thought nothing of it. And in 2015, I was traveling for work and realized that uh, something was a bit amiss and discovered it was pregnancy. So we then, yeah, we... (laughs) So that's 2015. We had our shotgun wedding that year. And my son was also born in the December of that year. Now, he was supposed to be born February 2016, and he was born December 2015. So it was almost as if that horoscope, my life's horoscope, had said, these are the dates, and by hook or by crook, it's going to happen. And it did. Now, although the dates seem absolute when you read these horoscopes, there is kind of like a window of time that the dates fall under. So I guess I was in that window of time, but basically it wasn't going to go into 2016. Now, when I reflect and I look at my life and then read those excerpts from the horoscope, it's quite eye-opening and mind-blowing because it's, you know, those, those events did happen. Now, I couldn't control when I got pregnant, I wasn't looking to get pregnant. And yes, it was, um, it wasn't something that we had planned essentially. And even Micah's birth, we didn't know that that was going to happen. You know, we didn't know we were going to have a short pregnancy and all the rest of it. So there's a little bit of, I don't know, divine intervention, I'd say that went on a little bit. Anyway, that kind of got me into that new feeling of belief, belief in something else. And when I was in Mexico, I discovered Mayan teaching and I found it really, really incredible because it was very much about connecting with the earth. So my Hindu teachings and the astrology and things like that were really great, but they didn't feel very, I guess, tangible, you know, so there was a slight connection that was missing for me because I felt it was just too dreamy with all the gods and the stories and stuff. And I felt like I needed something a little bit more, I don't know, a bit more concrete maybe. 
And with the Mayan teachings, it's very much about the earth. It's very much about the animals and the trees and stones and things like that. And it just kind of made it more, I guess, palatable. So I I guess my spirituality combines the two teachings because I sort of feel both of them really resonate with me and make sense. And when I was there in Mexico, my friend introduced me to the sacred path cards and she suggested I use them whilst I was there. She's like, just pick a card and read its teaching for the day. And she said, it's a really great way of reading in the evening after the day has happened as a way of reflection. And I use them. I use them religiously. Now you can do sort of spreads of these cards. You can do kind of like, you know, what's happening in the month ahead, what's happening in the year ahead, what's going on with my health. You can do, you can create different readings for these cards. And I had only used the month ahead when I was there, but I was amazed that every day that I pulled a card, it was incredibly accurate to the way I was feeling and what was unfolding for me in that day. Insanely accurate. And I couldn't, I couldn't sort of fathom it. I couldn't understand why this was happening. And it's something that I've actually incorporated into my coaching practice because because the mind teachings aren't too godly or religious based it's very very palatable for the majority to find a way of sort of connecting to a spiritual path and I really love it so I've used them on my retreats and I think I'll use them like forever on my retreats and it's really really beautiful using them on the retreats because what clients will do is I'll suggest that they pick a card every day and they then see a transition from the first card that they've picked on the first day through to the end of the retreat and the card that they pull basically gives them their next direction. And then the work that we've done has basically led to that. It's a little bit (laughs) and it's always a very kind of, I don't know how to put it. Like you almost feel like those cards are magic and that's sort of the reaction that clients get and I love it because it's especially for those people who've really never connected in any way to spirituality or feel uncomfortable with spirituality now because it's been based in religion for so long which they don't resonate with anymore when they pick these cards and the readings tell them like so much that is spot on it's quite a wonderful feeling and I love using these cards. So if you ever come on a retreat, you'll get to use these cards with me. Now, I recently discovered tarot. I hadn't been sure about using tarot because growing up in the 80s, yes, the 80s, there is a lot of bad press for tarot, but I do believe that the things that you find kind of, well, things find you when it's your time, I guess. And about four years ago, I was introduced by a friend to a tarot reader on YouTube. And I really wasn't sure. It took me ages to watch one of her videos. But when I finally did, I watched a few. And I'm not kidding you, my mouth was wide open. And from then on, I was hooked. The sheer accuracy of these readings was insane absolutely insane and the types of readings that this particular tarot reedy tarot reedy tarot lady (laughs) did were weekly readings monthly readings and she did them specifically for your sign so I'm a Libra so it was very yeah I mean 
I was hooked and they were so good. But unfortunately, she's unwell now, so she stopped doing the readings for a bit. But I hope she comes back and then when she does, I'll let you know who she is. But it was just mind-blowing and I started to get into tarot then and that sort of opened me up to new cards. Now, I haven't bought any tarot cards yet and I do want to. And recently, one of my clients, he he's been getting into tarot and he said, you know, would you like me to do a reading? I'm just sort of practicing. And I was like, yeah, of course, I'm open to it. And he did. And it was a super accurate one. So thank you, Michael, for that. (laughs) Now with astrology, something I want to talk about is the interpretation. So some of you might be listening, thinking, "Mm -hmm, yeah, they're just blanket statements that are very general and can apply to everybody. And yes, there is that element. But what I'm use what I'm talking about here in this show about astrology is using something beyond yourself to help you, especially when you're in despair. Now, the interpretation is very important. I don't think that you can 100% rely on astrology, but I do know that when you feel lost or you feel like you're in despair or you're struggling with something, it can provide some respite from your negative thoughts. And essentially, that's how I use it. So if I can't see a path ahead of me, right, if something just I'm just blocked, I just can't see how I'm going to go from A to B at all, just can't see it. And I'm just not in the headspace to trust the universe and trust that it will happen because, yeah, <laughs> You can't think like that all the time. What I'll do is I'll pop into one of my favorite astrologers and I'll have a listen, okay? So I don't listen religiously. I don't listen or watch a reading every single week. I certainly don't pull a card every single week. Sometimes I just coast, but I do generally, after a few months, if I haven't been connecting to spirituality, to universe, to God, to anything, negative thoughts start to sort of become quite commonplace and I sort of fall off the wagon with good eating habits I fall off the wagon with my behavior towards others and so usually during that time something's off and I will pop into one of the astrologers just to kind of get a what else might be going on you know has the moon got something to do with my mood (laughs) right now I say this lightly because it is light and I guess, you know, when you start doing readings or if you are someone who gets readings done, you'll see how powerful they can be. But I think that the interpretation is important. You've got to sort of look at, I guess, what resonates with you, right? So when you're listening to an astrology reading, consider what resonates with you and let that, I guess, let that allow you to reflect in a positive way and I mean, when I do this, it immediately stops any negative thought spiral I have. And it kind of helps me feel more optimistic because if you're in that feeling of despair, you're not feeling very optimistic. And it's, it is really hard to see anything beyond those thoughts that are going on in your mind. Now, another thing that I do is I pull cards often. Now, it's usually when I'm feeling desperate, like I'm in desperate need of an answer. In 2020, I've been pulling quite a few cards, <laughs> right? So I've been pulling um, sacred path cards this year to get some sort of answer or 
try to understand the teaching. So sometimes when you're in despair, it's very difficult to see what the lesson might be. And everything is a learning opportunity. Everything contributes to your growth. But when you're in it and feeling it, it's very difficult to see that. I'm not naive. It is very difficult to see that. But I also use these readings to check in when things are going well. Because you know what it does? If things are going well and the astrology is saying so, then it kind of helps you believe it more when you're in despair, right? If you get what I'm saying here. Because if you always turn to God, if you always turn to religion, if you always turn to alternative places for answers when you're in despair or struggling, they it's difficult, I guess, to believe that these things are real. So when things are going well, I always encourage people to check your readings, you know, pull a card, because it helps to, I guess, helps you believe in the teaching a little bit more. And if you have that belief, then you have that special tool that you can turn to when when you just can't get the answers in your conscious world. So yeah, give it a go. Something I also do, which might be worth, I haven't done it yet, so I don't know if I should put it out there, but I'm just going to put it out there. I've started it now, right? (laughs) But what I do is I read a year-long reading. So I'll read, I'll have a read of the Libra year in January at the beginning of the year. And then I might jump in in the middle of the year to see you know, if, if we're on track, if things seem like they've happened or not, what might be missing, what opportunities may I have missed or not seen. And then I'll do it again. I'll read it again, that same reading. I'll read again at the end of the year to see how the year panned out, you know, in terms of what happened month on month. And it's scary when they are really accurate, but it's a really great way of, reflecting it helps to keep me grounded and most importantly right it helps me trust myself and I think it can also help you trust in something else you know because sometimes we don't have the answers and the answers can't be provided to us by anyone or anything and having that something else it's not hurting anybody so why not now I do have some words of warning (laughs) (laughs) before you all go out and buy yourselves a deck of tarot and sacred path cards and find some astrologers on YouTube. There's some words of warning here. Astrology does not replace conscious thoughts or actions, okay? It is a way of supporting you when you are not feeling great and also when you are feeling great to help you with your self-belief and your doubts. So it doesn't replace conscious thoughts or actions. It's just another tool. You should use it to help you align with yourself, something else and spirituality. Do not rely on it as verbatim because that's that's where you'll be taking it too far and it won't be helpful. And don't take everything word for word, okay? When you're listening to any reading from anyone, whether you have a reading done personally for yourself or you're looking at these general readings, do not take everything word for word. The way astrology works is to take what resonates and use that to move yourself forward. So for example, last week I was feeling really, really 
I was feeling really quite in despair. I was like, you know, six weeks left to the end of the year. What a year it's been. How am I going to achieve my goals if, you know, I keep doing what I'm doing or if I change this and I do that? Is it going to change? I'm feeling quite like I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I watched a reading and it was a new person, never seen before. And I was in I guess I was in complete disbelief and shock at what she said. She literally, I've never seen this woman before. She's never popped up on my feed before. And I watched a reading for Libra this month and I was completely blown away at the accuracy of the things that she was saying. Now, not every single thing I will take verbatim. So she threw around a few dates and I was like, okay, well, I'll pinch of salt those dates. And I was, like I say, it was, it was an incredible reading and it really threw me, but it helped me move forward. So what it did was it stopped me in my negative thought spiral and it allowed me to consider some of the things that she was saying in order for me to move forward. And that's what, you know, I find really, really helpful. And that's what I want you to take from it, from this show, certainly. And I guess the last point would be if you find something that works or it feels good, then use it. Absolutely use it, but just don't rely on it. Okay, so don't rely on it to be everything that they say is gospel. You've got to have a little bit of your own wits about you and really just focus on what resonates. And that's it. Take from it what works and leave the rest. I would love to know what you thought of this show. Something a little bit different. Something I wanted to do for a while to talk about because it's not something I talk about necessarily in my day-to-day or on social media or whatever. But obviously my podcast is my space to say and talk about whatever I want. So (laughs) I love all things astrology, tarot, and, you know, God, I love a deck of cards with a teaching in it. And you know what? Why not? So... (laughs) Look, so long as you're mindful about the teachings and the readings, you can't harm yourself. And if it's a way of helping you feel better when you're down, then do you know what? I think this is a really precious tool. So yeah, find me on social media, Pooja McClymont, and let me know what you think. And let me know about any tarot cards or angel answer cards or any sorts of cards that you use yourself that help you get through. I'd love to know. Thank you for listening to the Self-Care 101 podcast. If you enjoyed the show, I would love it if you would subscribe, rate and review so that other people like you can find the show. To find out more about me, you can follow me on the socials at Pooja McClymont or visit my website, PoojaMcClymont.com. Talk to you soon. 